Hello, brothers and sisters. Pastor Jason here. I want to talk to you on this podcast about a common topic discussed amongst Christians. And I want to talk to you about the topic of boundaries. Boundaries is a wonderful tool that God used to show us that he loves us. You know, God never grabbed anyone by the back of the neck and made him serve him. Did you know that God doesn't make us do anything, though God does have the power to do so? But God in his nature of love, see, his intrinsic nature is to love us so much that he allows us a free will. And boundaries are not forcing your will on someone else because God calls that abuse. Setting a boundary and agreeing upon things and then allowing you to suffer the consequence or like I like to say, to suffer the blessing of the consequence. And God in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, he set a boundary and said, you can partake of any of the trees of the garden except for this one tree. You see, he instituted a boundary. The first thing with man and woman, he said, you can partake of the tree. He actually told Adam that. Then later Eve was born. Adam passed the information down to Eve. But the first thing he told Adam was, is he said, you can partake of any of the things of the garden except for the one tree. I do not want you to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But man, of course, fell. You know the story. And then God said, okay, well, you shall surely die. So he died spiritually and God set Adam and Eve outside the garden. What did he do? He put up another boundary. He said, Adam and Eve, you're now put outside the garden. You can no longer be in the garden because it's not safe for you. Now, there's a lot of different opinions about this, but I believe that if Adam and Eve would have partaken of the other tree, which was the tree of life in their fallen state, then Adam and Eve could have lived forever and ever and ever in that fallen state. There would have been no reason for salvation. There would have been nothing, no motivator for salvation. So God said, I don't want you to live forever in your fallen state. I don't want you to live that you are depraved and bent towards sin for a long, long time. But neither here nor there, God protected that tree and protected that way for Adam and Eve to be outside of that other tree, the tree of life. So God uses boundaries, and we need to use boundaries to deal with dysfunction. Yeah, If there's anybody that's hearing me say this, and you're hurting people a lot, or if you're being hurt a lot, then what you really need to do is learn to have proper boundaries, because boundaries protect people. The boundaries of the bridge protects me from going off the size of the bridge. The boundary of the speed limit protects me from hurting myself in the car. Now, I can choose to go over the speed limit. Of course, I can choose to pay the fine of going over the speed limit as well. But boundaries are a wonderful thing if we learn how to apply them. One of the first principles of boundaries that we need to remember, and there are many principles, but one of the simplest principles I like to tell people is that, first of all, we need to agree upon the boundaries. See, if me and my neighbor, we both mow our yards and we live next to each other, we kind of need to agree. I mow this much and you mow that much. There's great expenses given to finding pen stakes here in Kansas and trying to find property lines so we can decide who has to take care of what, who has to mow what, who has to fertilize what and we just want to know where the end of where the end of our boundary start and when the end of our boundary stops and when the beginning of someone else's boundary starts and their boundary stops but first of all we need to talk about 
communicating boundaries. So the worst thing we can do is assume that everybody else agrees with the boundaries that we have. For instance, if I assume that my neighbor knows where his boundary line is after his dog keeps coming into my yard, I can be mad at my neighbor and upset whenever he can think, hey, I own part of that yard. I own part of that lot. And really, I can have a difficult time getting started and hurting a relationship before everyone really, hey, do you agree that my yard starts here and your yard stops there? Do you agree with that? That's the first thing you do is you get someone to agree with the boundary. I still believe that people generally want to try to get along. I know there's the exception and I know people argue, but a lot of times people just don't understand how to properly communicate boundaries and they never have given the time and the understanding to be able to have someone work with them to institute boundaries. So first of all, we need to communicate boundaries. We need to talk about them. We need to decide, you know, the other day, me and my wife were talking and we were having a problem with our dog. You know, he's a nuisance to the neighbor. And I said, do you agree? First of all, that we want to keep the dog. That was in the conversation. The first thing we said, because I didn't want to assume that she was ready to get rid of the dog. Now she told me she wasn't quite ready to get rid of him yet. He's our friend. We've had him three or four years. So we said, no, we don't want to. So what are we going to do to be able to learn to train this dog. It was important. We had to find common ground and find that she agreed with me. So if you and your spouse are having problem, you and your kids are having problem, you need to find some grounds and some terms that you can agree upon and then build from there. If it's my kids and they don't want to mind me, then I try to find out what motivates my children. When they were teenagers, it was simple. Money motivated my children. So I had to say to my children, do you agree that you want money? Of course, what's the other thing a teenager wants? They want freedom. Do you agree that you don't want to be stuck in the house all the time? I sure do. So then we start making rules from that point. If they're Christians, I try to say, do you agree that you want to honor God? Yes, I do. And then we go to the scriptures and I pray that's the way that it is for you. But I believe no matter what, if we properly communicate boundaries and do it God's way, then God will honor our efforts. God will honor these boundaries. So we communicate the boundaries first. One of the problems with this step is, is that sometimes people don't believe in the same things. Like my wife could have not agreed to want to keep the dog. So then we got a brainstorm. What are we going to do? How are we going to be able to win in this situation? You know, if, if she would have said, no, I don't want to keep the dog. We're ready to get rid of the dog. He's been a nuisance and I've been tired of him for a long time. Then we had a brainstorm. What are we going to do? Could we give him to a friend? Do you think anybody wants him? Could we sell him? Are we going to have to put him to sleep? There's a lot of things you need to talk about. And we have to grapple with those ideas. It's the same way with the property line. I mean, there's a property line that we need to decide. Are we going to have to get this thing transited? Are we going to have to get this thing checked? And are we going to have to find the pin stakes and see where everything is? Is that what we're going to have to do? I mean, if we're going to build a fence, we're probably going to have to do that, right? But if we're not, it's probably not that big of a deal because you're going to mow so much. They're going to mow so much. They're just, you got to brainstorm. You got to set a time. Me and my wife a long time ago decided to set a time up on Monday evenings to where we meet together. And I encourage you, if you're married, that you do the same thing, that you say, hey, we're going to set a time apart every week to talk about good things, talk about bad things, talk about boundaries, talk about things we're feeling or things we're sensing. And that's really helped us because we don't need to talk about boundaries all week long and problems all week long. So we set apart a couple of hours on Monday evenings and we try to be able to meet with each other and talk about those boundaries. So once we begin to sit and talk about them, we start agreeing upon them. And also there's another thing is that if you 
you after brainstorming and if you agreed upon something, then you got to reinforce them. So I'll reinforce. There's conversations that, you know, you don't just make an agreement and then it's all fine and it's said and done with, you know, that's like a peace treaty. It's all fine until you start to see someone's building nuclear warheads again or a missile treaty, if you will. But I mean, you, they have to have inspectors that go and inspect things and make sure they're keeping up their end of the bargain. I mean, this is a normal thing. We need to really be able to reinforce those boundaries. And a lot of times, one of the problems I see with boundaries is, is sometimes one the spouse or, or maybe your coworker, they may be too scared to be able to hold the boundaries. So you can have an agreement, but then they're scared of being fired or they're scared. Your spouse may be scared you're going to divorce them or leave them. So they're afraid, but they need support in that area. And that's where I believe in the local church comes in very, very handy is because it, there's people in the church that'll pray for you, that you can share personal things with. You can, you know, we need to have two or three people in our life that we can be real, real with and just tell them the truth. I have people in my life. I say, hey, brother, I'm praying for this area. I need to do this. Even the personal things, we have to be careful who we talk to, but we need some people to help us keep our boundaries. And that's very important. And of course, God supports us in our boundaries. So, you know, look into this. Is this biblical, what I'm asking for? There's nothing wrong with asking for our needs. As a matter of fact, one of the things I like to tell people is, is when there's been an injury, when there's been someone hurt, whenever someone's blew it, then let's not talk about the hurt. Let's not get down in the mud with one another and start talking about you hurt me and you did this and you did that. But ultimately, let's try to find out what do I want? What do I want? What am I trying to accomplish? What am I trying to get through on this? You know, if it's a wife that wants more time with her husband, you know, don't complain because he's fishing or because he's hunting. Basically say, what do you want? You know, I need you to go on a date night one or two nights a week or one or two nights a month or whatever, what have you, rather than trying to attack something, you know, that's going to be dear to his heart. The same way if a husband needs something from a wife, you know, instead of saying, hey, you know, and we've all been guilty of this, but saying, hey, I don't like this because this doesn't get done. I don't like because I don't get done. Say, hey, could you please be able to do this? You see the difference? Automatically, we're not trying to attack someone. We're trying to bring this to someone in a way that they cannot feel attacked and they can agree to the boundary. It's not manipulation. It's just good communication. Matter of fact, as I say this, I wish I would have learned this a lot earlier. That's exactly where I have decided to do a lot of these podcasts is because this is stuff I didn't know. This is stuff that I failed at for years before finally learning the hard way. So we need to communicate our boundaries. We need to brainstorm if we can't agree upon boundaries, and then we need support for the boundaries. And I want to stop here for a second and mention to you a book every Christian should read, and it's called Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. It's a New York Times bestseller, sold over 2 million copies since the early 90s. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. It's also be a great support for boundaries, and two people can look at something objectively and be able to agree on it and say, hey, there's a couple doctors here that got together, and I mean, they've sold over 2 million copies. It's a, it's a tried and true resource, and it's been crucial. I believe that if you haven't done it, you need to read it and maybe do a Bible study on it. They got small group studies. They sell it on Amazon for about 10 bucks and they have an audio book and what have you. And they have podcasts and I've heard them speak. Ann and I have went to the ACC conference and heard them speak and they're just wonderful anointed. They're anointed men of God and they're psychologists, but God's used them in a mighty way to institute this thing called boundaries. And another story in the Bible that's interesting, the reason why I say boundaries can stop abuses, I always use, if I'm trying to help someone else, I always talk to 
to them. The big question is, well, if they've hurt me, how do I know that I can trust them? And when do I let them back into my life? You know, that's a great question. And I always use the story of Joseph. He's the model for a good boundary when there's been abuse. Remember Joseph, his brother throwed him into the bottom of the well and he was sold into the Ishmaelites and that so on and so forth. And Joseph ended up, you know, reigning over Egypt and Pharaoh made him his first man in charge to where he handled the country's business. And then later his brothers came back. And do you remember once his brothers came back, there's something important about that. And his brothers came back and he hid his face from him. The Bible said, you know, he was dressed up in his Egyptian array, if you will. And they didn't, they didn't understand him for who he was. They didn't see him for who he was. He didn't reveal himself right away. And when you've been abused, one of the first principles to remember is, is don't just let down your guard. I tell people in abusive relationships, it's kind of like a rubber band, you know, you pull out as hard as you can and it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And then all of a sudden you say, well, I'm gonna let him back in. Then you slam back together and then you're bloody and you're bleeding and you're upset and you don't know why. Well, because you've gotten me back together too quick. And so Joseph, he finally, after his brothers went and saw him the third time, then finally he let down his mask and said, it's Joseph, it's your brother. And God has ordained this, that I am to be able to take care of you in this time. Remember, that's what the dream was about, that the brothers were so mad about. And Joseph didn't even know the prophecy of that dream. But Joseph then, after he's restored to his brothers and they went back and got his father and brought him in, in the wagons and brought him back to Egypt, it was interesting. You know, the Bible said that then they took Joseph's family and put him in the land of Goshen. So they put him a couple days journey away from where Joseph was staying. So it wasn't that Joseph didn't forgive him and it wasn't that Joseph didn't love him, but still there was a boundary between them. And you, you know, people might think that's reading too much into the scripture, but he didn't ask them to live in Egypt. Of course, you know, they were shepherds and shepherds were kind of looked down on as far as the Egyptians, but Joseph didn't have to even have them work. But Joseph still kept them at a distance. I mean, this abuse was real and there's nothing wrong with putting people in the land of Goshen for a while. God's ultimate goal is for us to live peaceably amongst one another. But sometimes that just can't happen. So we put a boundary between us. And that's what I mean about boundaries protecting you. So now it's time to separate. Now it's time to put a boundary between us. I don't, it doesn't matter what kind of relationship you're in. You're in a marriage relationship. You need to be able to, hey, we're going to put a boundary between us. I tell couples, if you want to fight and someone's getting abusive, one of the first things you need to do is put a door between you. I say, don't leave the house. Don't abandon no one. Sometimes that can bring up other feelings, but put a door between you. Someone say, well, he'll kick down the door. He's done it before. Well, then he's going to have to go on a drive. And there's a great boundary between you. And then the rule is make sure you pick up your cell phone. Don't be not answering the phone, but pick up the phone and say, you know, I've not calmed down yet. I'll call you back in 30 minutes. But see, it's a great boundary. And then no one's going to be abused. And by the way, when that boundary gets put in place and it's effective, now we've stopped the hurt. And even Christian people, you know, we point to the world and say these things, hey, there's people in the church that fight and battle and abuse. The people in the scriptures were godly people. Abraham was a godly man, but he lied to the Lord and and instituted them for our protection, for our safety. And they're God-ordained. And I think we just need to do a better job of explaining boundaries, talking about boundaries, supporting people in boundaries. And I believe we'll see a healthier life. You know, there are different kinds of boundaries. And I want to talk about those just for a minute. You know, there's boundaries in a relationship. And then there's personal boundaries. You know, boundaries in a relationship talks about if you and I are in a relationship about what that's going to look like. You know, we're friends or I have different boundaries with my wife, obviously. And, but then I have boundaries with myself. You know, how long will I work? How long can I work? You know, I mean, sometimes emergency happens, but what's it look like for me to be able to work? Am I capable of working 13, 14 hours a day and, you know, still keep peace at home? You know, my wife has some say about that, too. 
I will do this. I'll make these family functions. I won't do this. I remember when my kids were in high school, we raised several kids at the same time. Nan and I had seven children and we would say, hey, kids, I just want to let you know with our church schedule and our work schedule and the way busy as it is and as many games as you have, we can't make it to every game. And I remember a couple comments from some people, you know how good church people are. They just tell you in real nice ways, but they basically will tell you, we make every one of our kids as games. I said, well, you don't raise seven kids either. You don't. We had four teenagers in the house at the same time. Our house looked like a party every night with all the cars that were parked there. But those were personal boundaries. They were relational boundaries, but they were also personal boundaries. And you know what? None of them went on to play professional football or professional wrestling, but they knew we loved them. But we told them, hey, we can't do this. And those were our personal boundary limits. We just talked about them and we just couldn't do it. You know, my wife would be too tired. I'd be too tired. And guess what happens when you're tired and then you don't have the resources and then you're resentful and they just didn't worth it. So just simple boundaries and agreements. And by the way, not every family functions the same. You know, we don't have to do it like our parents did it. I think most of us try to do it a little bit better. I hope my kids do it better than I did it. You know, that's the way it works. But boundaries are a great thing to be able to use, to be able to understand one another. We have personal boundaries on finances. You know, people don't have self-control, so they have to put personal boundaries. You know, me and my wife had a boundary agreement in our relationship. No one spent 50 bucks without talking to the other when we first got married. You know, I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. The limit's a little bit more than that, but still, you know, I'd spend something out of the checking account and she'd spend something out of the checking account. Next thing you knew, we were close to zero. So we had to put a boundary in place so we didn't get overdrafted, so we didn't get into financial trouble. But those are just some ideas of different boundaries. And I encourage you to pray about these things. Say, what are my needs in this relationship? You know, what are my personal needs? Sometimes in personal needs, people need two hours of sleep and sometimes people need 10 hours of sleep. And so you're not going to operate like your partner or like the other person you go to church with. And you're going to have to have those personal boundaries. So I really pray that this word's been good to you. I really hope that you get that book called Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. I encourage you to do so. And until next time, friends, God bless you.